Praise the Lord. Well, we are very blessed today uh, to conclude our women's conference with a meeting for everybody. And um, a couple years ago, the guest speaker for this weekend was with us and spoke on a Sunday morning and gave a word that we're still chewing on. So get ready to be fed. It's our honor and privilege to now turn the service to Mary Forsyth. And you show our appreciation. Bless you. Welcome back. Good morning. How many of the women were at the meeting this weekend? And I think I saw a couple of guys with wigs on. Is that true? It's great to be back. We had a great time this, this weekend. And um, I think the Lord was really with us in that good news. Uh, do I have somebody that can play some keys behind me? Just a little bit. Do you mind? Work with me, brother. Thank you. I want to do a couple of things. It's really a, a privilege to be back. Um, I was here two years ago, and uh, you know, I think I think the Lord really deposited a word that um, I pray is still bearing fruit. Like the pastor told me earlier when we visited a little bit before service, he was still chewing on it. I mean, you know, that's like a you know, chew, bring up, chew, bring up, you know. So those are those are good things. I want to. Um, I just really sense the presence of the Lord. I, uh, I was telling Debbie that this weekend I really felt like there were just an unusual amount of angelic help this weekend. And as I thought about that this morning, I don't think that was just for our time together. I don't know about you, but I believe in angels. <laughs> I don't exalt angels, but I don't pray to angels, but I do believe that I need help from the sanctuary. And so um, I'm going to pray and make a declaration over the church at the end of my, uh, at the end of my message. But I, I wanted to just mention that I felt like that there was significant angelic activity in this, at this church this weekend. What does that mean? I have no idea. But I know that that has purpose and meaning. And um, I, I just don't encounter it quite like I did this weekend. So... Um, so what I want to do, I want to do a couple of things this morning before I preach this word. The word that I brought this morning, I believe, is going to frame your world a little bit. Does anybody need a frame? <laughs> and I don't know about you, but sometimes I put the wrong frame on the wrong picture. Sometimes if you have a, a you know, a, a picture and it, it doesn't look quite right, and if you just change the frame, is anybody with me? So I hope that the Lord's going to change a frame or two. This morning, but before I do that, I want to—I just want to prophesy over a couple of people that are kind of bothering me. And uh, this couple right here—did I meet you all two years ago? Did I pray over y'all? Did y'all bother me two years ago? Well, come, let me pray for you again. I don't remember the word that I gave you, but um, thank you, Jesus. And the Lord says, son, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. The Lord says, I've called you as a shepherd in these times. I'm releasing new wisdom and new insight, new authority and new provision. And the Lord says, I'm going to send you those that are hurting, not in the eyes of the world, but in the eyes of the Father. 
And the Lord says, I've given you the heart of a father, the heart of a shepherd. And the Lord says, I'm going to teach you to use your rod and your staff with increased accuracy to guide, to direct, to provide, and to protect against the enemies of the souls of my people. And the Lord says, it's a new day. It's time to cross all the way over, son. You've been midstream. For the last nine months, you've been midstream. But the Lord says, even this morning, I'm giving you the enablement to go the rest of the way. So, Lord, I thank you for this anointing of a shepherd. And I'm asking you, Lord, to put put the garments of a shepherd on him. Clothe him today, Lord, in the spirit in a new way. With that authority, that confidence, and even a fresh strategy, Lord, to feed your sheep in the name of Jesus. And the Lord says, daughter, (laughs) there's some things you've longed to see. And the Lord says it is time. The Lord says even by the end of the year, the things that you've, you've dreamed for, some things that you've longed for, some things that you've so pictured in your mind that they're such a reality in your heart, but there's been great frustration and even, even some sorrow because you're so longing to hold in your hand what you've been holding in your heart. But the Lord says, daughter, that day is at hand. And the Lord says, it has not left my docket. It has not left my plans. And the Lord says, I send this word to encourage your heart to hold on Hold on to that dream. It's going to be so um, specific, it will be scripted like a movie. And the Lord says, you're going to see my credits are all over it. My handprint, my production, impact, everything will be divinely designed on it. The things will come together like you can't believe. And the Lord says again, you will hold in your hand those things that you've held in your heart. So Lord, bless them. Lord, I pray you give them everything they need, Lord, to do everything that you've called them to do. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Jesus. Amen. That's a sweet, sweet anointing. Thank you. Lord, just fill them up. Just fill them up, God. Just fill them up. such such specific and intentional plans for you. There's some things that are going to come together. Your, your mind is going to begin to awaken to some plans of the Father that have not hit your heart yet. It's, it, it's like the dawning of a new day for you. And the Lord says, dream big dreams, son. Bigger dreams than what you think you deserve. Bigger dreams than what you think you qualify for. Bigger dreams than, than you can even imagine. For the Lord says the enemy has come and, and tried to put limitations in your thinking, limitations in your emotions, and even limitations on you in the natural. But the Lord says, Son, I am destroying the limitations of the enemy in your life in this hour. 
For the Lord says, I'm going to take you there first in the Spirit. I'm going to take you there by revelation. I'm going to take you there. I'm I'm depositing divine seeds of desire and dreams. The dreams that are in the heart of the Father, Son, are about to invade your heart. They're going to wreck you. They're going to cause you to be undone. They're going to make you dance like David danced. Because the Lord says, I've called you to follow me with a great abandonment in this hour. And the Lord says, it is on the walk of worship. Walking in just daily worship that's going to help water the seeds that I'm planting in your heart in this hour. But the Lord says, there shall be naysayers. And there shall be those that come and say to you, for you do not qualify. You do not... You, you, you can't step into that. Let's, let's, let's dial it down. But the Lord says, I'm dialing it up. And the Lord says, follow my heart and my desires. Because I long in this hour for my desires to be your desires. Lord, I'm asking for divine dreams to be birthed in my brother today. Father, I pray for a great awakening in the things he's been thinking. Lord, in, in the capacity for him to hold things in his heart. Father, I am asking in the name of Jesus. Lord, that there would just be a bursting forth of your desires from the heart of the Father into the heart of your Son. And Lord, protect those dreams. Give Him everything He needs. Everything He needs. Even the connection that He'll, he'll uh, with a, there'll be a connection for you in September. There'll be an intersection of someone you're going to meet that you know that you know is going to help you move forward. And the Lord says, embrace this relationship. Put your arms around it. It's not going to be convenient. It's going to cost. But the Lord says, it shall be part of the resources that I send you in this hour, says the Lord. Oh, Father, I thank you, Lord, for my sister that has great depths in her heart. Lord, she has layers upon layers of time with you and intimacy with you. And Lord, I thank you that this is a time that you're taking her even deeper. And the Lord says, daughter deep calls unto deep. And the Lord says, the last season where I moved you and I allured you and I, I drew you closer to my heart seems only days ago. And the Lord says, yet, daughter, I'm calling you to move again, moving even closer to my heart, moving even closer to the things that I've been whispering to you in the dark. And the Lord says, I've put a word of due season in your mouth, daughter. The Lord says, there'll be times and opportunities that you will need to speak those things that you've been praying in secret. But the Lord says, it's time to be on the rooftop, daughter. It's time to begin to speak those things that I've spoken to you in secret. So the Lord says, fear not, little flock, for it is the Father's great pleasure to give you the kingdom. And part of that kingdom assignment for you, daughter, is to begin to speak into the things that you've prayed so diligently for. But the Lord says, I need the word of wisdom to come from your mouth, daughter. And the Lord says, you shall see that it will be the key that unlocks hearts and minds and sets the captives free. So, Lord, bless them. Bless them with your presence. Bless them with your anointing. In Jesus' name. Amen. That's a good word. He said, great. Can we thank the Lord in a sweet anointing again? Can I just pray over you? You know, you are a, a man of steadfastness and faithfulness. And you bring peace where there's chaos. And there's, there's such an anointing that I, I don't even know if you realize it that's on your life. I don't think you realize that you're like a stone once dropped in the water. The ripple effect goes all the way to the shore. And the Lord wanted to affirm the impact that your life is having and the sphere of influence that he has on you. 
you are shifting things all the time. Your very life, um, your care for other people, your steadfastness and your faithfulness are having a mighty, mighty impact on the Lord. I know we say great is thy faithfulness to the Lord, but I'm here to declare over you today, great is thy faithfulness. Amen. God bless you. There's a guy back here really bothering me. Could, sir, can I pray for you right here? Can you come please? Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm doing all the walking today. I'm going to make some house walk. In the sweetness of the Lord here today, it's like honey in the spirit. That's the way I feel it. It's like sweet honey. Lord, I pray that every heart would touch your honey today. Lord, I just pray for that sweetness to touch our hearts. Lord, we love your power. We love your miracles. Lord, we, we love you as the, the, the host of heaven. But Lord, we love your sweetness. Lord, let that honey touch our hearts today in new ways. Let it touch our hearts, God. Let the honey of heaven touch hearts today. Lord, we thank you. The Lord says, Son, I'm about to open your ears in a new way. The Lord says the spiritual ears and the intensity of what you've been hearing has been great in the days past. But the Lord says, I'm opening up your ears in a new way. And the Lord says there's been things that have seemed to be mixed up and some things that have needed to come together. But the Lord says, I'm doing a master plan in this hour. The Lord says, I'm drawing, some, bringing some threads together. I'm making a new weave. And the Lord says, you're going to see the fruit, some of the fruit of this word by September 17th. The Lord says, I've got a, a due date, and it's September 17th. Because you've been needing some things to come together, and there's some areas of chaos in your life. But the Lord says, I'm going to bring it together, and I'm going to master it in a way that it's going to make a perfect sound. So, Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus for ears to be open. Father, I ask right now for spiritual ears to be open. That they open. Ears be open. Open up. Just open up all the way. Lord, we say, ears be open. Hear in the Spirit. Perceive in the Spirit. At a new level, a new intensity new accuracy and bring these threads together like the instruments in an orchestra the Lord says I am going to lead the band so Lord I bless him today I pray Father for just a fresh anointing a fresh sense of your presence and your pleasure that surrounds him in Jesus name Is that not a sweet word? Let me, uh, thank you so much. Oh, there was, wait a minute. Everybody's going, the people that don't want words, they're shrinking. It's amazing how everybody gets taller. I'll, I'll, I'll maybe do it at the end. Thank you so much. Isn't that lovely? So you want to go with me to Australia in two weeks? I really want to give this word this morning because I think it's going to help frame your world. Uh, let me also do this. Um, I've got a, a couple of new CDs. I haven't had them, uh, you know, I had to put them in these white things. We're working on graphics right now. It's Embracing God's Dream for Your Future. And in this, um, 
Yeah. Who, who needs to... Right there in the corner. <laughs> so I hope you enjoy that. Bless you. And then one of my, one of my favorite messages um, that I've done is, is really one of the things that has helped me so much move forward in God is laying a foundation or the Holy Spirit's laid a foundation in my life of knowing that I'm always right with God. Like, I'm, I am never wrong with God. Some of y'all are going tilt. <laughs> You're going, wait a minute, who is she? But you see, I'm, I'm never wrong because I'm righteous. Okay? So, I, I, am, I, am, I am always right with God vertically. Because... My, my righteousness is my who, which is established vertically, okay? Now, he, does, he doesn't ever touch my who because it's established, but he touches my do. And one of the things we need to know in this hour is that our who and our do are different. Did you know your who and your do are different? And so once you get, you've got to be careful saying this because you could get in a lot of trouble. I could go to cussing in about three minutes. So once you get established in your who, you become righteousness conscious instead of sin conscious. So if you're, if you're always thinking about what you've done right or wrong, you're probably stuck in sin consciousness, which is an Old Testament mindset. But once the cross does a work in your heart and the Holy Spirit releases revelation, you shift from Old Testament mindset to New Testament mindset and you walk around right with God all the time. Is anybody with me in the house today? And so then, when God touches my dew, I apply the blood, immediately get cleansed, but even in that, I'm never wrong. And a, and a revelation of righteousness establishes your address in the spirit, which is a place of refuge from the enemy. Like, I hardly ever fight Condemnation. Condemnation hardly ever touches my life. Does anybody, <laughs> how many of you know that can be freedom? Because if I'm always right, I'm never condemned. Now, my do gets touched, my who's safe, my, and my righteousness protects me as a place of refuge in the Spirit. Is this too much for anybody today? What am I trying to do? I'm trying to paint a picture of where, where you can ask the Holy Spirit to take you into a place of living from righteousness consciousness and coming out of Old Testament living, out of sin consciousness, is anybody just tired of thinking about all the time what they did right or wrong? Uh-huh. So who would like this book? Right in the very back in the orange. You can come get this. This will be great. I'll set it right there for you. So bless you. That's called The, uh, the Amazing Exchange. I really enjoyed writing that. Is there, uh, is there anybody here that has not heard my testimony? Let me see your hands. Oh, wow. Okay. This is my book. It's called A Glimpse of Grace. And I spent five years in a federal prison. Yes, you have an ex-con preaching today. And uh, how many, you know, I never expected to end up in prison. But, I mean, some people expect to end up in prison, but I didn't. And um, God sent a businessman about 30 days into my time of incarceration. And he spoke to him just like he did Ananias. Remember the, the story in the book of Acts where God spoke to Ananias, sent him to Paul prayed for him, and he got his eyes open. Well, God actually spoke to a businessman who was living three hours away from the prison. I'd never met him before. And he said, I want you to go to such and such prison on such and such day and pray for my, pray for my servant, Mary Forsyth. 
So literally, this guy shows up, breaks every security rule in the book, comes in, prays for me, and I get delivered of demons and filled with the Holy Spirit. How many of you know that might change your day? So this is just not a um, testimony book called A Glimpse of Grace. I want to give it to this young lady right there. Bless you. I hope that's a blessing for you. Um, so what I want to do this morning is I want to, I want to release this word that I think is going to maybe frame your world a little bit differently. And one of the things that I think the Lord wants to do today is he wants to bring a spirit of understanding on, on your circumstances, on your, where you are as an individual, as a family, maybe a business owner, what, a student, it doesn't matter. The Lord wants to bring some understanding so you can frame your world with an understanding of what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life in this hour. I think this will really help you. Um, one of, the th- one of the three phrases the Lord gave me was, wake up, wage war, and worship now. The name of this message is a trust-building season. But wake up, wage war, and worship now. You know, this is a time where, how many of you know, this is a time where God is really awakening us to some things that we have been asleep to. And I don't know about you, but sometimes when, say I've got my leg in a funny position or whatever, it'll go as- to sleep and I don't know it until it starts waking up. So there's some things in our lives that need to be, we need to be awakened to, and we probably don't even know it. So this is why we have to be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit's doing, because if we're not careful, we can call what the Lord's doing the devil's work. Because sometimes when we're asleep, we just soon stay asleep. So when something touches our life that we really don't like and we're not comfortable with, how many of you know we can try to rebuke what God is doing? So a prayer point for us in this hour is, Lord, give me discernment of the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. So we need to wake up. We need to wage war. Let me tell you something, my friends. There is new understanding coming to spiritual warfare. It's going to be very different than I think most of us think. It's not going to be more accurate discerning of which demon is doing what. Let me tell you, sometimes when we approach spiritual warfare, we're actually exalting the devil over God. We have to be very careful in our warfare teaching and our warfare practice because if we're not careful, this is what we end up doing. We end up creating a great big devil and a little bitty God. Okay, maybe we're not that bad, but we paint this picture of, okay, the devil and God are duking it out and I just wonder who's going to take the fall. Let me tell you, the instant Lucifer's heart went into sin. He was drop-kicked from heaven without even a thought. So we have to make sure that we're engaging in warfare with a theology and with an understanding and a mindset of exactly that. This, this isn't a fight of what we're... And we're trying to wonder who's going to win or what, what round somebody's going to go down in. That's not how we do it. But one of the aspects of that's, I think, going to come out in the body of Christ in these days about waging war is that we need to wage war from a place of rest and peace. You know, we are really just enforcing the victory of the cross. Yes, we fight daily battles and we fight battles all the time, but the battles are to reinforce a victory, not to really win the war. So when you get that mindset, it changes the way you pray, and it empowers you to have a, um, I don't know about you, but I, 
for, for years, I, I rebuked so many devils, I just, I, my rebuker got broken. And nothing changed. And I'm not saying we don't rebuke devils. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely going to do that. But I'm going to do it strategically, and I'm, I'm going to do it effectively, um, and I'm going to do it with some wisdom. But there is a place in the spirit. There is revel- revelation coming to the body so that I, I'm going to engage in warfare, not out of strife and work, but out of rest and peace. And we don't have that mindset right now. So when the Holy Spirit begins to speak to us, Mary, just and, and all this stuff is touching my life and, and all these activities, and I feel like I need to you know, get out there and be, be diligent and hypervigilant. And, you know, that, that's maybe been a framework for me to... Pre- so when God begins to come and say, Mary, I want you to just pull aside and the battle's the Lord and I want you, you know, to go to a movie. A movie? That's the devil. I can't do that. That costs money. It's a lot of calories. So because I don't know God in this way, I don't understand what he's telling me to do. So I stay in and I'm duking it out and I'm rebuking and I'm going on a three-day fast and, you know, and rebuking this entertainment that I kind of kind of heard a voice say because I can't recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit leading me into rest and peace. So I'm praying for the body right now. I'm praying for the body to have ears to hear the Holy Spirit leading them, leading us, into a place of rest and peace. And the third is just worship now. I believe there's a, just a, a lifestyle of worship that's going to increase in our lives. It's going to help establish us. You know, I, I like to say it this way. The Lord gave me this phrase not too long ago. It's one thing to experience a matter. It's another thing to be established in it. So sometimes we, we, being the body of Christ, we experience something in God, a revelation, an encounter, an anointing. We had, we had several moves of the Lord this weekend, and, and some of the sessions, like Friday night, the fire came. Well, what do we do with that? Do we just experience that, or do we allow the Holy Spirit to establish us in it? So we know worship, but I believe God wants to establish worship in our lives in a different way. So we need to be mindful of that. But the main thing I want to focus on today about the season that you are in and that we are in is, um, is really a trust-building season. And Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this. We're familiar with this scripture. Trust in the Lord with all, say that with me, all, with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct your paths. You know, that word all in the Hebrew means all. I looked that up. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Let me, let me tell you something, what's happening in your life right now. God is helping you have an all. Because we don't have an all. We have a sum. So the Holy Spirit is finding that place in your heart that is a sum. He's working in that area, and he's converting it, transforming it into an all. And one of the things that he's doing, because it it involves trust in the Lord, so there's areas of our heart that are some that cause us not to trust at the level that... How many of y'all are trusting God more today than you did, let's say, two years ago? How did you change? Did you just all of a sudden muster up the trust? 
No, God worked in your heart, so you have a heart capacity now that's different than two years ago. Can I tell you something? There is an accelerated spirit on the body of Christ in the area of trust and faith. And right now, God's working in your heart in the area of your sum, so it can become an all. So the same two years, two years ago, let's say you grew 10%, there's an, a spirit of acceleration in this area on the body of Christ. So in the next two years, you could actually increase in trust and faith 40%. Now, those are arbitrary numbers because I'm just trying to make a point that, that there is an accelerated spirit on the body. And I'm telling you, if, we, if we're not aware of this, we can end up resisting something we should be embracing. So when the Holy Spirit is working in our hearts, we have to have discernment. That's why the enemy fights discernment like crazy. Because if we don't recognize the Lord, I end up resisting something I should be embracing. And I end up embracing something I should be resisting. Does anybody else get that backwards? So he's shifting your sum to an all. Because he has, he has created your heart by divine design. You have a heart that should be functioning, has the capacity, has a, a, a design by the designer, the master designer, to function in a capacity that it's not because it's a sum. So he's working in that area of your heart so that your heart can um, become its divine design. Because one of the things that God designed us to do is to have trust-based relationships. Does anybody have some relationships in which you don't trust? (laughs) But we were created to have trust-based relationships with God, with ourselves, and with others. And we can't do it if we are some. Is everybody with me? And so there are things in our heart. There's, there's fear. There's shame. There's things in our heart that God's dealing with so that we can shift to become our divine design. And let me tell you something. When you start moving in this area and thinking in this way that, that I just want to become God's divine design, that's when you begin to really experience divine life. And I'm all for meetings. I'm all for corporate gatherings. Yes and amen. I'm one of the biggest local church fans on the planet. I, I love the church I just so love it. But I can't live in corporate meetings. I have got to have God's presence. I told the women this weekend, we've got to be able to encounter God on aisle 7 at Walmart. I've got to have the presence of God in my everyday life, and that increases as I become the way He created me to be. And I'll... Be careful seeking the Lord like this because he's already longing to do it. And the minute you even begin to turn, man, he starts invading your life like crazy and he starts touching things and messing in your stuff. Just wrecking you. And I'll tell you, these are the wrecks you don't want recovery from. So let me say this. The Lord gave me this word in Australia last year and it's so applicable today. He just, he, he said, tell my people I'm restoring their receivers. So your heart is a receiver. There's some things God's longing to give you. I'll talk about that in a minute. But we don't have the capacity. That's why God's dealing with your heart. And let me tell you what religion does. Religion causes you to focus. I I talked to the women this weekend that we're in a focus fight. Do you remember this, girls? What are you focused on? Are you focused on the pain of the past or the plans of the future? What is your internal focus? Here's another aspect of that focus fight, which is... Are you, I totally dropped my thought. I lost my focus. 
I'll pick it up later. So this is a, this is a trust building season because he's shifting your sum to an all. And the first aspect of this trust building season is us trusting the Lord in new ways. And most of the time that's how we think about it, us trusting God. And I'll tell you this, it's very difficult to trust someone you don't know. Is that true? You're just a little bit cautious. You're just, you just posture yourself. You don't just swing the doors of your heart open and begin to interact with them in a very intimate way, conversationally, so forth and so on. Is this true? Can I tell you that it's no different than, with, than, than the Lord? It's difficult to trust someone you don't know. That's why the Lord is right now in this hour trying to convince you he is who he says he is. You know, we, have, we, we don't even realize that we've made God in our image. But see, God made us in his image. And we have images of God in this hour that he's, he is absolutely crushing and destroying and building up a, an accurate image. Do you see what I'm saying? So God's touching the image that you have of God, and, and it's formed from all kinds of things. It's formed from your family of origin. It's formed from life experiences. It's formed from um, how you approach the Word. It's, it's formed from all kinds of things. And sometimes we don't even realize that, that the Holy Spirit begins to work in our lives, and, and maybe He's dealing with an, with an issue of between you and your parents and and you're just, you just look at it as an issue between, do you ever look at this as an issue? You know, so God's dealing with an issue, but the impact of getting this straightened out absolutely crushes a distorted image of God and allows construction of, a, of an accurate image of God to be formed in your being. Then you see God for who he is in a new way and you trust him at a new level. So this is something that's going on in your heart right now. And, and if I have understanding like that, I don't know about you, but if I know the Holy Spirit's doing something, I can yield if I have understanding much easier. So I tell the Holy Spirit all the time, if you'll just explain it to me. If you'll explain it to me, I'll come in an agreement and alignment tons quicker and tons easier. That's why the devil fights understanding. That's why he's fighting this message today, because it's pregnant with understanding. So let me ask you a question. Who is God trying to be for you right now in your current circumstances? What aspect of his nature is he trying to reveal? Let me tell you, that's the area of of your heart he's working on. He's trying to show you who he is, show you who you think he is that he's not, and he's trying to destroy that and establish himself in you in a new way. You know, for me, one of the ways that the Lord is, is revealing himself to me is as a comforter. I told the women this, this weekend, I mean, the Lord spoke to me not too long ago, a couple years ago, and said, Mary, you have a need of comfort that you know not of. And I'm one of these personality types. And let me say this about personality. You can, you can put yourself in a personality prison that's not God. Just because I'm a strong, choleric personality... And I've had a lot of uh, examples of people that are wired like me, and they never received comfort when I was around them, and it just it never dawned on me that I needed it. Can I just be that vulnerable today? So then all of a sudden, the Lord began to show me a need that I had that I didn't know that I needed. Can I tell you, if he says you need it, you need it? So then, then God began to, I mean, I, I told the Lord, Lord, I'm, I'm ready, I want to, you know, and then it dawned on me, oh, the Holy Spirit is the... Comforter, duh, get a V8. 
And I move prophetically, and it's to exhort, encourage, and to comfort. So I'm in a little bit of a spiritual growth phase right now. But I didn't even really know how to receive comfort, because how many of you know if you haven't gotten it, then you didn't get it? This is deep today. You better take notes. Because your sum's becoming your all, and what you didn't get, you don't have. So after the Lord showed me this, I, I, I just told the Lord in prayer. I said, Lord, uh, okay, I'm sorry. I, have, I, I, know you've, I know you've been sending me comfort for a long time because how many of you know when you look back, you can see provision that you knew not of, that you maybe didn't embrace at times because you didn't have the heart capacity to receive it. That's why he's restoring your receiver so he can give you some things that you haven't been able to receive. So I told the Lord, I said, okay, Lord, I'll... I'll I, I need comfort, yes and amen. So a couple of days after that, this was a couple of years ago, um, I was going to St. Arbuck's, and I walked in, and um, the guy was opening the door. It's my, you know, my fourth office, I think. So this guy was just opening the door, and as I was walking in, it was the weirdest thing. How many of you know that God can change moments into miracles? So I'm about to walk through the door, and this guy just opened the door, and I just said, thank you. And all of a sudden, I don't know how it happened, but all of a sudden, God's comfort flooded my heart from this guy opening the door. And I thought, what was that? He's not that cute. And I thought, oh, my goodness, that was comfort. Maybe he is cute. No, I'm just... And so a little bit later, it was in the fall a couple of years ago, I was... I was going to go get a pumpkin at Walmart. And so uh, I go on Saturday morning, and I don't know how it is around here in Granbury, but where I was living at the time, you go to Walmart on Saturday morning, and there are twosies everywhere. You know that husband and wife, they dress alike on Saturday morning? You know they wear hats. You know you just don't get either in their own little world. They've probably had one cup of coffee. The guy never shaves, and they look alike. I mean, their tennis shoes match, and they're, you know... And their own little word, those are twosies. So there's like twosies everywhere. You don't bother them, they don't bother you, works. So I grab my pumpkin and I'm standing in line right behind some twosies. And this was amazing. I'm holding this pumpkin. It's a pretty nice sized pumpkin. I checked it all out. So I'm holding this pumpkin. And all of a sudden the twosies became a onesie. The guy became a onesie, came out of his world, and turned to me and says, Ma'am, can I hold your pumpkin? I mean, this is a miracle from God. But all of a sudden, that thing hit my heart again. I thought, oh, my God. He just comforted me with a onesie that came out of a twosie. Who's God trying to be for you in this hour? What nature, what aspect of his nature is he not only wanting you to experience, but he's wanting you to be established in? See, trust in the Lord comes and increases as we know him in a new way. As we know him in a new way. To know him is to trust him. And the other side of the coin, so first side of the coin is us trusting God. Everybody with me? The other side of the coin is 
God trusting us. Have you ever thought about that? Did you ever think that God could be working in your life right now to establish you so that he can trust you more and more? And a couple of things that the Lord, I think, is working in our hearts and in our lives right now so that he, to to help establish trust in us is, number one, is revelation. There's revelation being released to the body right now that will absolutely cause us to be trustworthy. We have to handle revelation well. What do I mean by that? I mean, let me tell you, when um, (laughs) it's a phrase maybe some of us don't like, I love it because I know that embracing this phrase increases my spiritual maturity, which it's called personal responsibility. So when, when when the Holy Spirit releases revelation, and let me say this about revelation, I love teaching on revelation. Let me say this about revelation. You cannot go get revelation. If you go get something, it's probably knowledge. But you can receive revelation. Revelation is given by the Holy Spirit. So revelation empowers you and actually builds your life spiritually. So I want to make sure that I'm diligent and I take personal responsibility to live out of the revelation that I've received. This is one of the reasons we don't have relevant lives. And we end up walking around with kind of head knowledge and even a heart that's been impacted by God, but we've not known how to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. There's not an expression of revelation in my everyday life. For example, if I have revelation that God's going to provide and my bank account is $10, how many of you know that if I'm at peace, I am expressing revelation of provision? Can I give you a hint today? Worry is not a fruit of the Spirit. And in this nation, we have so exalted worry as an expression of care. And and people tell me all the time, you know, I had some friends that, um, you know, somebody had some surgery the other day, and I, I, I just knew this whole group of people had biblical care because nobody was worried. I'm I'm messing with you. So we need to express revelation in a, from a biblical perspective. Do you see what I'm saying? So God wants to trust us with revelation. We want to make sure we're stewarding our revelation well. And number two, another thing that he's going to use to increase his trust in us is relationships. Let me tell you, we have got to do relationships better. Not just to do it. We have to understand God's divine design, working relationships this way. I started off by saying that God's called us to have trust-based relationships. Is anybody, is anybody getting dealt with in just the way you deal with other people? And, and let me say this about that. You, you can do a lot of good work in your will. You can, you can just attempt to love better and be nicer and be determined to move in the fruits of the Spirit. Yes and amen to all of that. But some of the healing in your relationships comes as your personal heart gets healed. Some of the reasons that you're having trouble relationally in a horizontal way is because you've got pain and you've got some things in your heart that God wants to deal with and and you're walled off to these pockets of pain and then you keep bumping into relationships and you try better and you've been forgiving and you've forgiven and forgiven, yet you've still got this pocket of pain in your heart that's like gangrene in the soul that the Holy Spirit wants to come and bring comfort Comfort's the answer to pain so that your heart's healed and your relationships are in order. 
and let me tell you something. When you're in pain and you have, it's, 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 it's kind of like if you had a small child that's three years old and he broke his leg, and we know that's in pain, but we know if we take that child to the doctor, the doctor's going to cause more pain. I'm not telling you it's a painless journey, but this type of interaction with the Holy Spirit, because how many of you know when your pain gets touched, it touches your pain? You know, my, my mother just passed away a couple of weeks ago. I need God's comfort in this hour. I have to open it. Sometimes it would be easier to deny, wall myself up, and say, which I've, I've said all my life until a couple of years ago, until I knew I needed the comfort. Hello? I would say, I'm good. And that's one of the ways God got my attention. He said, Mary, I need to tell you, you are not good. You see. So when, when God begins to bring people or circumstances into to really be the balm of Gilead in those places that have been painful in the past, you're going to have to have some courage. To, how many of you know to let the wall down? Guys, you're going to have to let the wall down. And you're going to have to allow the work of the Holy Spirit to come in and bring some healing so that some relationships, because some of the connections, let me tell you this, this is from the heart of the Lord this morning. Some of the connections that he's longing to bring into your life, to move you forward in your future, to, to begin to form and, and manifest destiny in a new way, they're going to come through relationships. They're going to come through connectivity. And God's longing, he's trying, he's working, he's approaching your heart in a new way in this hour so that your heart will have a capacity to connect with some destiny dreamer people and organizations that will launch you forth because you will not do what God's called you to do on your own. You go, girl. This is the way I've been seeing it. This is just the way I've seen it in the spirit. I've seen, I've seen this crystal glass. It's beautiful. And I've seen the heart of the Father. I've seen the Father in heaven. And he's got this bottle of new wine. I mean, he's just longing. His desire is, is mounting. His, his passion is, is overwhelming. He's, he's, he's been eyeing. He's been observing the glass. He's, he's got this longing to pour out, to, to release and to give and, and to absolutely lavish this new wine. But this glass has a crack. So he's holding back. He's out of his mercy, out of his loving kindness, out of his compassion. He's, he's restraining himself as he sends circumstances and, and sends the resources and sends the answers so that the glass can be repaired and the wine can be poured. That's what's happening in your life right now. That's why God is relentless He's relentless, yet he's restrained. I said this this weekend. Many times we think we're waiting on God. And he might be waiting on you. Another aspect about this trust-building season, and pastor gave me till two, is that okay? Another important aspect of this trust-building season is transformation. So we've got a two-sided coin, trust, trusting God, God trusting us, and the other aspect of this season that I want to bring your attention to is, is, is just the aspect of transformation. 
And let me say this, the, the transformation that's going on in your, in your heart, in your life, in your mind right now is key for you to move forward in what God has for you. You know, I've learned to love the process of transformation because I know that transformation moves me beyond current limitation. Let me tell you, you've got some limitations on your life that transformation will absolutely cause you to overcome. Is anybody ready to get rid of limitations? And sometimes we don't even realize we've been transformed. I mean, has God ever done a work in your heart and you didn't even know he did it? I can remember when I first got out of prison and I started traveling, and um, this was, of course, before 9-11, and I'd go through the security and, um, and I would beep. And the minute that I beeped, my blood pressure went up to 480. <laughs> because, you know, they pat-searched you in prison and strip-searched you and wand, you know, all that stuff all the time. So that wasn't a very pleasant experience. So I went through security, I beeped, and I just, like, panicked, 480. And then when I went to India, uh, you know, they put you in separate lines, and, and my, t- my team had uh, men and women on it. And all of a sudden, my team just knew what was happening because they took you individually behind a curtain, and we didn't know what they did to you back there, whether they totally searched you. We just didn't know. And so, I mean, at this point, my blood pressure was 492,000. <laughs> now, everybody else was cool because they didn't have the trauma that I had gone through. So then when I went to the airport the next time, I mean, this is before now, I'm taking off shoes, belts. I strategically pick out, like, these boring, ugly earrings, you know, the whole nine yards. Take my watch off, everything. I go through and I buzz. It was about two months after that one. I mean, some of my blood pressure's, you know, 250. Sure, again, a couple of months later, go through the airport, buzz again, I make it through. It was about a nine-month period. I'll never forget this. After about nine months, you know, and, and you get confused because I'm praying, oh, God, in Jesus' name, no buzz today. Please send your angels. You know, you're praying. You're doing everything you know. You don't eat breakfast. You know, you just do everything you know. So nine months later, I, I go to the airport. I'm going on a trip. Go, go. And then I get to the gate, and I went, oh, and I, had, and I, and I, and I buzzed. And I went to the gate, and I went, oh, I buzzed. I, did you? I buzzed, but I didn't buzz. I buzzed on the outside, but I didn't buzz on the... Because God had me in the process of transformation. So how did he do that in nine months? I don't really know. I'm not for sure, but I'm telling you, God's going to give you windows of opportunity even before the end of the year to show you some areas of transformation that he's already accomplished in your life to encourage you to embrace some of the transformation that's at hand. Amen? So let me say this about transformation. Excuse me. Transformation is the process of beholding, becoming, and belonging. Number one, beholding. You will become what you behold. 2 Corinthians tells us that that we all, this is is 2 Corinthians 3.18, but we all with unveiled face, beholding in as a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Let me tell you that word transformed is metamorpho. Excuse me, metamorpho. What you behold, you're being metamorphosed into. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're being metamorphosed. That's the word where we get, that's where we get our word metamorphosis. 
And I'll tell you, that's why you're in a focus fight. Remember this? Are you focused on the pain of your past? Are you focused on the shame of that situation? Are you focused on the rejection of that moment? Are you focused on the honor that God says he wants to give you from the cross? That he wants to replace your shame with double honor? What are you focused on? I'm telling you, what you're beholding, you will become. And if you continue to look at that shame, you will have a shame-based personality. Hello? Or if you look at that rejection, is anybody with me in the house? So what, you be, what you're beholding, you're going to become. Number two, transformation involves becoming. The real you. It's time for you to be the real you. Many of us have been, we've not known how to do relationships. We've not understood the horizontal impact. And we've gotten in relationships and we've morphed, please. Hello? We've morphed to be accepted. We've denied parts of our gifts, our talents, our wiring, our personality. Let me tell you, my, one of my favorite revelations that Paul gives us is of the body. It's, it's the primary voice that we hear in the New Testament that says, be yourself. We, God needs you to be who you really are. And, and that's where actually unity is going to come from diversity as the revelation hits the body of Christ that, that he needs you to be you. Is anybody with me today? And so the real you will have a sense of belonging that's greater than what you can imagine. And so that's why he's showing you who you really are. In fact, if I had you to write down three adjectives of the way you see yourself, that would be interesting to see. And then if we could write down three adjectives of how God sees you, I wonder what the distance between the two is. And see, God's closing the gap. He's beginning to change, just like I spoke a while ago about God crushing the image of God that you have. God's crushing the image that you have of yourself and creating and constructing the true image of who you really are. And I'm such a picture of this because I hated myself so much when I went to prison. I couldn't stand myself. I couldn't look in the mirror. I mean, I had a nice home in Dallas in Highland Park before I went to the joint, and I couldn't even go in my bathroom and look at all these mirrors. I'd turn the light off before I went in. I had such self-hatred and, and uh, such disdain for myself. And I'm telling you, I love me. I mean, I just so love me now. I'm so comfortable with me. Am I, am I totally expressing the divine image and the divine uh, design that God? No, but I really like me. How many of you know that that's empowering? And I'll tell you, anything that's separating you from God, yourself, or other people, the Holy Spirit's going at it relentlessly in this hour. Let me tell you, he is out to absolutely, totally extract an orphan mindset from the body. And let me tell you, many of us have orphan mindsets from life experiences or our family of origin, and he's cleaning all of that up, and he's giving us an understanding that because of the blood, we belong. Let me tell you, you don't have to wait for people to treat you a certain way. Begin by getting a revelation that you already belong, that you have the full family privileges because of the cross. If you're waiting around, just waiting for everybody to just treat you just right so that you can feel like you can belong, let me tell you, baby, it ain't going to happen. We live in a fallen world around fallen people. Now, we're growing in love, but let me tell you, you can get established in family vertically and then begin to work it out horizontally. That's going to work out a whole lot better for you. 
But most of us are sitting on the sidelines waiting for things to work out perfectly horizontally so we can feel like we belong. That's why everybody leaves churches and try Let me tell you, if you're leaving churches, hopping around the metro, have that sense of belonging. Let me just close by saying this. God's transforming you. He is leading you out of limitations. Limitations that you've put on yourself, that you've allowed others to put on you, and limitations that you don't even know that are on your life. You know, I've heard it said that a poverty mentality is living in the realm of limitations. And God wants us living in the realm of limitless possibilities. And to do that, we must allow the Holy Spirit to build us up in trust and to lead us in the process of transformation and empower us to move beyond limitations in this hour. I declare to you today, in the name of Jesus, that this is an hour to move beyond the limitations of the past. And this is an hour to begin to discern and to perceive spiritual things at a, le- at a new level. And the Lord says to you today, this is a day of turning forward in a new way. The Lord says, get your eyes off the rearview mirror. Begin to look through the windshield of my window into your future. For the Lord says, it is a day to begin to encounter and embrace a mindset and a life that will open up doors of limitless possibilities. And Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for this church. Father, I declare over this church that they will know some things in November. Lord, there's some questions hanging in the air over this church. There's some seeking of leadership that's been going on for about 18 months. And the Lord's saying to the church today, you will know my will in November. And the Lord says there is great fruit coming from seeds planted in past seasons. And the Lord said there shall be a harvest even before 2011, the calendar flips. The Lord says, call in the harvest of past seeds in this hour. The Lord says, the harvest shall come forth from seeds sown in famine and sown in abundance. And so, Father, I declare that harvest is coming forth in this year. Father, I declare that there shall be a knowing and a wisdom and a connection of understanding with leadership to know what you are saying directionally to this church. And, Father, I declare that your heart will be clear, your will will be made known, and your provision will be at hand, says the Lord. Father, I thank you today for the word of trust and transformation. Father, I declare that we're a people that want to be trustworthy before you. And, Lord, we want to be a people where you are more trustworthy in our eyes. Father, I pray that you would destroy and obliterate every distorted image that we have of you. God, forgive us for making you into our image and exalt yourself in our land in a new way in this hour. Father, we declare that you shall be exalted in our hearts. You shall be exalted in our understanding. You shall be exalted in our circumstances. Lord, we declare you are exalted in our midst. And so, Father, I declare that this is a church that embraces the process of transformation. God, give them courage. Give them courage to go on the path that you're leading them in, the, in this hour, individually, as, as, as people, as families, as businesses. And, Father, I declare that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. So, Father, we declare that we are a people that are available for you. Lord, we're here for you. And we say, be exalted in our midst. And we bless the holy name of the Lord Jesus.
thank you all for the opportunity to sow in your midst today. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you so much, Mary. Father, we ask that we not forget what we've heard, that we apply it to our hearts. In Jesus' name. What we behold, we become. Um, before you leave, I want you to take a piece of paper and uh, be prepared to write something down. Old habits are hard to break. But a new habit is easy to start, and it can replace the old habit. So it's the new habit I want to encourage you to start that would that would um, be something you write down in your paper is a daily time with Jesus. A daily time, uh, some would call it a family altar, where you by yourself um, or with your spouse or your children. To set aside a place and a time every day. And if you miss a day, don't be condemned. Just pick it back up and go back to that place. But just in your heart, think, where in my home is there a place that I can spend with the Lord? Just pour my burdens out to Him, receive His comfort, worship Him, listen to a CD, listen to a teaching, or just pray. Where, where could that be in your home? Is there a closet? Literally a closet? I, we lived in an apartment one time. There was literally a closet where I met with God. And, and a life, life-changing revelation happened there that I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for things that happened in that closet. So what place in your home and what time can you set aside for beholding the Lord? Who, who wants to be transformed? Amen. Spirit-filled churches are known for people that have experiences, but they don't change much. We don't want that. Amen? It starts with each of us individually. So just write down on that paper the place and the time where you can spend beholding the Lord. Amen? And as you grow accustomed to know what it's like to behold Him, you'll be quick to repent when you realize you're not. You know what I mean? Yes. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the word that we've heard. We thank you, Lord, for the application that you're going to help each of us to do, Lord. We thank you our church is richer. (laughs) Our town is richer. The believers that are here from other congregations today, they are richer. And their churches are richer through their being rich, through the revelation of truth that we received this weekend. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And may you realize that He has made you righteous. And from that position of righteousness, the right standing with Him, it really is easy to focus on Him. Amen. God bless you. 
go make a difference in the world today. Amen. Thank you so much, Mary. We have tithe and offering boxes at the door. Be sure and bless the Lord on your way out.